0: hello everyone welcome back to let's talk success with pxp endurance i'm joined by my brilliant co-host paul Plummer.
1: hello everybody how is it going today it's going great how's your morning been busy busy as always right we got a lot of a lot of things going on Uh, everything's from rehabs to personal trainings to people talking about what their fitness level should be and how they can achieve some goals yeah i understand that for sure anything good for breakfast (laughs) Uh, always um usually a shake usually some uh gotcha um, protein it shake. varies, yeah protein shakes you know just trying to get gotcha. things what's moving. your favorite flavor strawberry
0: strawberry, strawberry. yeah okay that's a i like strawberry but it, i always have a hit and miss with strawberry it's like it gets old fast i guess for me but i, I love it but it's just like can't have too much of it that, that's so. when you throw in some chocolate
1: <laughs> yeah i know. I know, but we'll figure it out.
0: Do you have a favorite, like, pro- have you made protein milkshakes or anything? No. Oh, okay. Well, that was good. I can teach you. I like guess.
1: the pre-made stuff, you know, the Fair Life and the Orgain. Okay, I got you. Well, all good. Um,
0: so I have a joke to bring to you, and this is from Cricket, um, 5 p.m. class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so she said this to me yesterday, so shout out to Cricket. I'm going to put you on here. Um, she said, so it's a Halloween one. Uh, so why didn't the skeleton cross the road? I don't know. Uh it had no guts. Oh boy. Yep, that's cricket. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I thought it was good. It's it was fan, one of my it was my style. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. my style of joke. It's fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um so I know this has been on your mind quite a bit and it's kind of a um your USP, I would say almost, is kind of your training structure um you know our newsletter is out now and so I think I put in there you have a unique recipe to success right mm-hmm. and that's where this this is very unique well it was very unique to me especially when I got started with you as an athlete because one I knew nothing um but two it was just different from what I would I had experience in what mm-hmm. I saw online even just cuz you know I was training on my own a little bit before I got with you for Ironman um and it was definitely totally different from what I was doing. So today's topic everyone we're going to go over training philosophy or philosophies um and touch on just volume, experience, um and some other areas that we want to go over and um kind of show off what Paul knows in this area or what we may see online. Um, so I guess to start us off, tr- we'll go
1: with volume, yeah. okay? Well, that, that's a lot of pressure, the way you just phrased yeah. that right there trying to get all the answers. The first thing everybody needs to know is there is not a, um, a one way to do everything. Mm-hmm. Everybody is different. One of the pitfalls I see a lot of people doing is they go online and they watch what somebody else has done, yeah. and then they try to emulate that. And you know what, what they don't look at or what they sometimes don't tell with what they're doing is the injury history that's going on or the, the amount of volume that they've been doing their how long they've been doing this uh, how long did they ramp up you know to to get to this spot to do that training program there's a lot of variables that need to go into all those pieces and if I look at my training philosophy that's why P, um, pxP's uh, your goals your success is there because it, we can talk about uh, marathon training mm-hmm. and I'd, if I had seven people that I'm training for marathon training, I have seven, di- seven different routes to get there. Each of those individuals come from a, a different background, different experience level, different injuries, different patterns, different work backgrounds, different things that set them up that if you follow the same recipe for each of them, it's only going to work for one or two. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess,
0: um, when we when we talk about volume how I guess I don't want to you know spill everything here but how would you determine like volume for me for instance versus (laughs) volume for um you know someone either someone else really I mean because I mean there's people faster there's people slower there's people right at my speed right um I guess in terms of volume for me what would you how would you base my volume well
1: it, you know we've got to give a lot of background on that right yeah. so uh, volume for you right now man you're you're six to seven weeks away from uh, uh, another half iron event right? right so your volume is different than if, if we were just getting started like we were uh, you know several months ago mm-hmm. um so the if we back that up even more and look at um, what do we want to do in terms of volume you know, we look at um, several things. What's your injury pattern? Yeah, uh, Have you been hurt recently? Are you able to be consistent in the training? Um, you mentioned, um, as you talked about volume, you talked about intensity and speed and that sort of thing. Yeah, I'd throw that in the background. I mean, i mm-hmm. initially trying to get people away from looking at how fast they are, how powerful they are right now. If we're looking at volume, that'll mm-hmm. come later.
0: And I guess, so why is that? Because, and I'm asking because, so when I was training on my own, you know, I was doing the, I guess probably what most people do. I was increasing, um, distance and increasing speed. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at at the same time. Correct. Yep. So I was looking at pace and I was looking at distance. Um, and I think I downloaded, I, I know I downloaded a free training program. Um, I won't tell the website, but, um, I know I downloaded one from a resourceful website, um, or not resourceful, a credible website. Um, and it was pretty much that, well, I guess, I guess it didn't necessarily say the pacing cause it didn't know me. Right. But I just did the pacing myself cause I sure. wanted to improve. Right. So it was like, let's start at three miles and we're going to work our way up to 13 or whatever it might be. Um, and then at those times I would do, you know, four miles at a, 745 pace and then i would say okay next time i want to do five miles at a 740 right and then the next time six miles at a 735 Mm -hmm. um and then go from there and there and then that's when you know when we first had our initial meeting i said you know i can i can run pretty much every other day um but my knees hurt um so i have to ice my knees like crazy after i run now um whereas you know before before i started doing that um, I really didn 't have to, but I was only running three miles, so that was kind of like my excuse was that some people think three miles is a long way well, yeah, and it was for me, and it was for me so that 's why that 's why i like, 'm bringing that up because I you know three miles for me was a ton, especially when I about died running at a seven minute pace for my one mile gym uh, gym uh, test in high school right mm-hmm. so um, that was so three miles was a lot, but then that 's when I came to you and said, you know this is what 's going on' Um, what should I do, right. right? And that's pretty much where. Yeah.
1: Well, at this point, we got to get into energy systems, right? Mm-hmm. And because what you were just describing is the, the volume and the intensity. Yeah. Okay. And if you, uh, to use your numbers, if you're running at seven forty-five for four miles, and then you jump to seven miles and you try to do that faster, that's a great recipe for getting on my rehab table because you mm-hmm. are going to get hurt. I mean, that's that's just turning up the volume too quickly. You're ramping up your uh, training volume and intensity too high it's it's like that the steep the steepness of that incline the steepness of that progression is too much for your body to sustain okay most people when i start working with them uh, the first month six weeks i'm telling them to slow down and right. it's and it's not so much that i care about their pace slow down in terms of their expectation of where they should be that comparison component okay so let's talk about these energy systems you know, I don't, there's, there's plenty of spaces out there you guys can go research you know all, all the, the nuances if you're uh, into looking at the specific numbers and, and all the chemical stuff going on, great. I, I try to break that down into more practical terms. So there's three energy systems. One is the, the really fast, powerful energy system. It's like gasoline. Uh, you light a match, gasoline explodes, but it doesn't last very long. If you're going to go for a, a, a sprint, you're going to sprint for maybe 10 seconds, 15 seconds at the most, and now you're going to start to slow down. You can't sustain that for very long. Then you've got one that's the, the anaerobic uh, space there, where it goes a little longer than that. Uh, I use the analogy of kerosene there. It takes a little longer to light, and it burns a little slower, but it's going to burn out fairly quickly also. And it's you know, if you think about you know one to two minutes in that range, that's usually that anaerobic uh, space there. And then you've got the aerobic system, and that, and I use oil as that analogy. It takes a long time to light it, but it burns nice and slow, and it'll just burn for days. It'll just keep burning if you stay at that relative intensity. Most people like the to burn the gas and the kerosene because it looks cooler. Right. You get to show off your paces, your intensity, how powerful you are, but you don't really get to do it for very long. Mm-hmm. If I can get them to build a stronger foundation, which is the aerobic system, they can then build their body, build their fitness, build all those things as high as they want. If they don't build a strong foundation in that aerobic space, they don't really get to build very high. And that's when a lot of plateaus are happening and people get frustrated and it's just not a good place to be. Mm-hmm. So if we get those three energy systems under control, if we get a, a, an understanding of gas, kerosene, and oil, and we want to burn oil more so if we're doing something more than a few minutes. okay. Now, if you're going to go out and run a, a 5K, that's that's going to be your kerosene. You're going to push pretty hard. You're still going to get into your oil, um, you know, later on down that. But you're not really going that long. You're going to, depending on how fast you are. Some of these fast speed people are, you know, 14, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and you know, we, we are in awe of those guys. Right. Most of us mortals, you know, are that, you know, 20 to 25 range, and then then there's others that are out there um, much slower. But that's what they've got because that's what their bodies allow them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that intensity, that, uh, pace at most, we're talking about 30 minutes now. Yeah. And so on that aerobic system, there's not a whole lot of time to really get into the burning oil We're um, it, the race isn't long enough. I if we're you. doing something longer than a five K now we're really talking about, we have to have a really strong foundation in that aerobic space, that mm-hmm. oil. I got you. And so, you
0: know, the first – I think this is probably going to be one of the most popular questions when people um, hear this and when they – not only hear this, but when they've come in here to see what your philosophies are and um, have heard about your philosophies is, you know, the challenges that comes with that kind of, um, I guess, training philosophy, right? Because for for me, it was a challenge for me too, right, because when I got started. So I guess in terms of the challenges, like – um how do you get how do you get someone to buy into what you're gonna give them right like I don't know like I don't know if you want to tell them necessarily exactly your the way you do things or your training philosophy but like so for instance you know the philosophy of just increasing distance um over a period of time is one way someone might try to do something right so you know, I've heard of people running marathons where they just gradually increase distance per week um, and get into that. But mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, well, I know that's not your philosophy. Yeah. So what's, I guess, what challenges have you seen with?
1: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the thing that I want to keep coming back to is there's not a one, um, one way of doing things. Everybody right. is different. And so the things that I, that I do they're not unique. Mm -hmm. These are things that if you look into the science of what people are taught, how to do things, there's a lot of great coaches out there that are, that have the similar knowledge and so forth. It's just applied a little differently. If I can get them to understand that they don't have to hurt all the time, Mm -hmm. they don't have to be exhausted and tired all the time. And they can see the performances going up. They are getting faster. They are able to do longer distances. Everybody will, jump on those pieces and that that's the the key is being able to to show the history show that you know somebody i've been with some of the individuals for almost a decade now and they're still getting faster mm-hmm. um, you know they they like to say that they're like a flying wine; they're getting better with age yeah but some of it is is, is getting that engine better tuned mm-hmm. the, the way to i don't know if there's a a way again, I want to keep going back that there's not a way to do things, but one of the things that I do with people is simply explain this stuff to them. Yeah. If, if we can understand what the body needs, how the foundation is built and I, I use a lot of different analogies. you know if we're going to build a building, you're going to build a house, you don't start with the walls. you start with that basement, you start with that foundation, you build it make sure it's nice and sturdy and strong and then you start adding on the other pieces that you want and even what the, once you've moved into that house, you still keep adding to it. You start painting the walls, you start tweaking this, you start tweaking that. That's the process of building your fitness. It's not a, hey, as soon as I finish this marathon, I'm gonna be there. As soon as I finish this 5K, I'm gonna be there. Now it's, okay, I'm building this structure, now I'm gonna add these other pieces onto it. Mm-hmm. The biggest struggle that I see is what people read on, online. Right. You know, they, yeah. they, they go online, they see stuff, that's what you did, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good intending pieces out there and, and that's the struggle. You know, if we're going to try to um, show people a way, you know, the, the easy way of doing it is try to find one that fits most of the people and say, here's what you got to do. And for most of the people, it might work. It's not the best one for everybody. Um, and a lot of people might get some benefit from it, benefit from it but there's limitations to those things. Yeah. If you can do something that's tailored to you, that's geared toward your background, your injury patterns, your experience level, your goals, you can be successful
0: gotcha. And so you hit a couple points that I hear a lot um or see a lot of and so you you said um people running without pain, right? And I th- that's a big That can one. be done. Did right? you Right. Know well, <laughs> it's funny because now that I'm with you, right, I I tell people that and they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like um so I'm like yes, it's possible. You can run without
1: pain because um it's you It's know, expected. It's not it's not the anomaly. Right. And that's the challenge, and I, I'm mm-hmm. sorry about jumping on you there. No, go ahead. But the, the, the thing that I see this a lot, people come in, they've been running for a long period of time, they've gotten used to a certain le- level of discomfort, they've gotten a certain age, they've gotten a certain ex- level, and they start self-negotiating. Yep. They say, well, if I'm going to do this, I've got to have this level of discomfort. Yeah. And, What's really happened is something's changed in their structure. Mm-hmm. You know, They have an asymmetry going on someplace. Something's either too tight or not strong enough or it's not activated. The motor firing sequence isn't, isn't working well. And so they've got a mechanical flaw in what they do. And so then that creates discomfort. And as they keep pushing into those places, it just happens. And then they self-negotiate. Well, it's not so bad that I can't take it. You know, They hear the phrase, no pain, no gain. I, i am not a fan of that phrase Mm -hmm. if you're in pain you need to not do your activity yeah having soreness on the other hand if you get some soreness great you you worked out a little bit but that soreness should go away rather quickly before your next activity before your next workout certainly shouldn't be lingering and and having you uh, elevate that level of soreness as you continue through things
0: gotcha and so how are you how are you overcoming that now and um, just because you know you're successful and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But, um, I don't think people know the challenge, the you overcoming challenges, right. With, um, people coming in as myself, I mean, just saying, you know, this hurts, but I can run through it. Right. right? Right. Um, for example, I just know a month or two ago, I heard a lady say that she has an issue going on with her foot um, and she's training for a marathon, but she trains on her own, you know. And she thinks she has plantar fasciitis, so she thinks I'm just going to run through the pain. Mm-hmm. And this is nobody in here, sure. um, but she says, you know, what's running without pain? And I was like, well, <laughs> well, I don't do it anymore. I mean, well, at least I'm not supposed to do it yeah. anymore. Yeah. Sometimes, right? So, like, how are you
1: overcoming that and be being successful? Yeah, a lot of it's just communication. Yeah, you know, I can. You know, some of some of our listeners are going to be listening to the story right now and having the same reaction. If I was talking to them one on one, they're going to be, um, "Are you sure?" You know, "What about?" And they have their doubts and their fears. And and we can talk about it. I can share examples from uh, others. We can chit chat about those things. Most of the time, it's not about having a conversation of telling them what to do. It's showing them what to do. It's showing them how to move their body or showing them what their limitations are. And usually they already know it, but they're, they're tucking it back. They're, they're mm-hmm. bearing it down and they're ignoring it and, you know, show them that they can't stand on one foot. Yeah. If you can't stand on one foot and be balanced, how are you running? Yeah. Because you've got this little wiggle going on from side to side in your hips. Every time you take a step, you've got this drop or you've got this dip, you've got this stress going on usually down your IT band or in your back or in your foot or your knee or someplace where if you get more stable, that tugging, those forces don't happen. The pain doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Or at least it diminishes over a period of time, and you know, ideally, gets down to that that zero level. And as you're more stable, all the forces you put into the ground to propel your body that you're trying to increase your performance on, the power doesn't get lost side to side, and actually gets to be used to propel you, and then you get to cover more ground. Mm-hmm. So, and for this, I think I'd like for you
0: to just say, for example, um, I don't I don't know necessarily what you call it, but you always say it. You say, you know, if I gain like half an inch per step, um, that thing. So Um, I want you to say that so people can hear it um, because I like it and I think it works.
1: Well, I appreciate you liking that uh, that analogy of that story. Mm -hmm. So if I've got somebody who's um, unstable and we can make them more stable, whether that's um, getting their glutes to properly fire, getting them to fire in the right sequence, getting them to use the glutes prior to their hamstring, getting them to stabilize with their core and have more power into the ground, Any one of those things can increase your performance. Mm -hmm. When we're running, most of us take on average 1,000 steps per leg per mile. So 2,000 steps per mile. Depending on the length of your legs and all that kind of stuff and what your cadence is, that number varies. But for quick and easy math, let's just use 2,000 steps per mile. Mm -hmm. Which means my right leg is taking 1,000 steps, my left leg is taking 1,000 steps. If I can gain a little extra force or I can let the, the force that I'm applying anyway push me further forward with each step and I get it and I gain a half an inch with each stride because I'm able to push off a little harder uh sorry I'm able to have a net result from that push off that pushes me a little further that extra half inch I've now gained 500 inches per leg okay or a thousand um or sorry yeah uh, 500 inches per leg which then gives me a thousand inches per mile. Mm-hmm. Divide that by twelve is ninety something feet. Okay. And so in that mile, I've now gained everybody that was within ninety feet of me, I caught and passed by doing nothing more than being more stable, by being more efficient in how I'm moving. Um, I haven't increased my pace, my cadence. I haven't done anything like that. Anything like that. I've just become more stable. Mm-hmm. So my risk of injury went down. My performance went up by those you know, ninety feet. I'll take that every time. Right? Yeah. And so if my Forces that I've got are just being wasted because I'm not stable. We solidify those forces. It gets to be actually used. You cover more ground with each step. Each, you know, that half inch per step adds up. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's 90 feet per mile. Right. Um, usually translates, you know, depending on what somebody's uh, pace is, that's, that's 20 to 30 seconds per mile, depending on where they're at in, in fitness and training and, and what they're really doing so just those few things now i've made somebody 15 to 20 seconds faster per mile and, and great right and you're the biggest thing
0: that you know just caught my attention is that you're saying per mile right if i could i would love to take 15 20 30 seconds off my per mile pace right for sure just by especially if i don't have to try harder you know yeah. because as um people you know that's just i feel like if we don't have to try harder and we get more
1: results you know that's <laughs> well you're trying the same so everything right. that you were doing the same intensity yeah. that you've built up into and now you become more solid mm-hmm. doing the same things not not working harder not you know increasing your cadence not doing anything just using what you're already doing more efficiently i'll take that every time for sure and so
0: you know i'm sure the people i hope they're um interested now in, okay you're saying these things but how do I do that? What, what do I do, right? So if I come to PXP, what do I do um, in order to be more efficient so that I can take
1: 15 seconds off per mile, right? I don't know. Okay. And so this is where, this is where it becomes more um, complex and, and applicable to each individual. Mm-hmm. Some people come in and they've got a, a previous injury that doesn't hurt anymore necessarily but they've got a limitation because of it. Mm -hmm. And so if we can figure that piece out and and get the body more efficient from that, this happens. Some people come in and their right leg and their left leg don't do the same thing. You know, so they can stand on one leg and balance really well, they can't on the other side. Well, if we make that more symmetric, that's one way of doing it. If somebody's coming in and they just don't have the strength in the glutes or the glutes don't fire, well then you gotta, it, they've got to get those things to fire in, in the right sequence, in the right order, and with a certain level of intensity as it's going on. There's a lot of people who think they have a strong core. They've done some sit-ups, they've done some crunches, they've held a couple of planks, but there's a lot of nuance into those positionings of are you really using the abs to stabilize? Okay. Hip flexors like to take over, lower abs don't like to work. Um, there's a lot of stuff that gets substituted and you can get the resultant action Without having the muscles actually fire and work, and so that's that's the first place to start. Is you know, are you symmetric in your stability and your balance? Can you get the muscles to activate? Are they activating in the right sequence and the right order? Okay, so
0: basically, I should come talk to you and see what I should do. Everybody's different, yeah, right? Um, because just because I want to give, some, I want to give all the listeners something tangible to do mm-hmm. so that they
1: could you know, get better if they want to, right? Reach their goals. There's several things they can try to do, right? They can try all those things I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, See where you're at on that. Yeah. You know, can you really feel your lower ab working? And I get a lot of people who like raise an eyebrow when I ask them that question. They're kind of looking around and they're trying to decide whether the lower abs are working or not. Mm -hmm. It's a yes or no (gasps) question. Yeah. It's either working or it's not. You're either feeling it active or it's not. Same thing with your glutes. I mean, if you're trying to figure out if your glutes are working, you can't feel anything working back there, they're not working. Yeah. If you go to stand on one leg and you are more balanced on one side than the other, it's pretty glaring on those pieces. And sometimes, I mean, you can look up things online and say, how do I activate my lower abs? And you can try those things. And for some people, that might work. Right. Uh, a lot of us, we need to be shown how to do that. We need to be taught how to make those things work and, and rebuilt or built the first time, depending on where they're at yeah and no I mean I think just from personal experience obviously
0: well I think you do a great job of that right just in here with the strength classes Um, because you know another I guess um, miss I don't want to say something that we might think we do right but we do it wrong is like that a plank Right. right when you first taught me how to actually plank I was like, I don't know what this is <laughs> so, I'm good I got a big saggy back, back. right I can do this right. well I mean and I hated planking too coming in right because when I played football we had you know two-a-day workouts and off-season workouts whenever they said I'd drop down to get in a plank <laughs> I was the worst time of my life it was just miserable right and then now you know just uh I don't know in the last week or two when we've done five minute planks and whatnot, I was just, I'll think to myself when I'm in the plank, I was like, man, this used to be a minute used to be hard. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just crazy how that works. So I just really think, you know, the strength classes are good. Um, what if someone says, okay, Paul, I understand like I can go out here and right now, if I wanted to, I could go run. I could see if this is working and this is working. And I think it is. And it always is. Mm -hmm. Is there like, can you watch me run? Do you offer anything
1: like yeah. that? Where there's a lot of things. Like if, if I'm out running and I'm trying to figure out if I'm moving well, I've got enough experience that I can feel some nuances in my body. Mm-hmm. Someone who's less experienced uh, needs somebody to look him from the look at him from the outside. You can do this on your own if you got a, a phone or a camera and kind of video yourself on a treadmill from the backside and and you're watching your foot move and you're watching if you got any hip drop. You're watching. You know, from the, the perpendicular side, and seeing if you're bouncing up and down, seeing, uh, looking for any sort of asymmetrical movement or any excess motion that's not really helping propel you forward. You can you can do that on your own to look at some of those things. Mm-hmm. If you're not used to seeing some things, a lot of things are really subtle. Okay. So we do we do gait analysis here, where we get you on the treadmill, we can get watch you moving. Uh, I've had some people come in and looking for a, a gait analysis, and I start with just watching them move on the floor, and I'm like. I can put you on the treadmill, I can watch you move, and I'm going to tell you that you don't run very well and that you're not very efficient, but there's not a whole lot you can do about it. And then I show them that their glutes not working, they're not very stable, and, you know, I can simply tell them what they're not good at, but they can't fix it until they get those basic things moving. I got you. Okay. Um, so I guess, so
0: now I want to talk about the intensity of it. Um, so you said, you know, when I was running, I was increasing speed, which mm-hmm. increases, you know, intensity. Um, why should I, why shouldn't I do that? Because you, well, you said the gas, right? It's not sustainable. Yeah, because um, you're using
1: gas, and it's not. You have a limited supply
0: of gas. Yeah. And so, what's your I guess your way of um, not doing that and doing things your way? Well,
1: it's, I, I don't want to call it my way. There's a lot of people well, yeah, that have come before me that yeah. use heart rate training. I, I use heart rate training. There's a lot of science out there on it a lot of uh, analogies that talk about heart rate training the thing that i do is I, I try to explain it differently more practically get people to really understand what they're doing when you start doing heart rate training and i give them their their zones to stay in that they come back and go well i'm gonna to have to walk to keep my heart rate in that intensity mm-hmm. i go okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay okay because your engine your engine is working at a certain intensity and it needs to get used to working at that intensity. Mm-hmm. And that's where I tell people, forget about pace. Forget about all those pieces. Go out and do whatever activity with your heart rate in this zone. And if you have to start crawling to kind of move it down and get the heart rate down, mm-hmm. then crawl. And the crawl becomes your activity and we will build you from there. Yeah. If you're able to jog or able to be at a, a nice pace that you can be proud of, awesome, great job. This process takes many weeks. And I, I usually tell people uh, six to eight just because that's about all they want to grab onto there. They can, you know, give me six weeks of, of things. Okay. I've only got to endure this for six weeks. Okay. It really takes a little longer than that. You know, gotcha. It's really going to take that eight to 12 weeks to, to get the engine tuned. Mm-hmm. And if, and as soon as you start doing something, that's not, uh, aerobic based, that's, you know, you start doing the, the cool, sexy stuff. You try to get, you know, show off your speed and that kind of stuff. You kind of hinder that, that tuning of the engine. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about, you know, two months of zone two activity of, you know, I'm going to call it long and slow. It doesn't have to be slow. I don't care about the pace, but at that intensity, whatever your heart rate zone would be, do all the activities in that zone. And eventually what you'll find is you're doing the same intensity on your heart rate, but you're pacing becomes a little bit more attractive to you. Mm-hmm. The, how it feels becomes easier, more sustainable, and you'll just gradually see that same effort level, that same intensity, where you get to go back to the paces or, or get closer to the paces that you would love to run. Right. And then once we've got that foundation set, then we start working on, you know, the intervals of, of speed, the intervals of that anaerobic space and, and putting all the fitness stuff together to build or, or make that nice fitness house.
0: Gotcha. And how hard is that to get people to do that? Because I know, cause it must be extremely hard because obviously I had to do it and I know how hard it was for me. But just coming from your perspective, because you, obviously you deal with a lot more people than just me. So It's
1: very challenging. And the challenging part comes from it's easy to explain. Right. It's easy to, um, from a logical perspective, talk to people about what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. The problem is, or the, the challenge is, Uh, they do it once or twice and then they feel less than yeah they they oh my gosh i'm so slow oh my gosh and they start having all these pieces so that it becomes the mental approach to it Mm -hmm. and that's where i think i do um, people a a good service of being able to give them the tools uh, help support them in those places where they're not feeling great about what they're doing and, and keep reminding them of why they're doing it and there's enough other people within the group that have been there Um, that when we get the rookies uh, started or the new individuals that come in and, you know, we usually have a a mentor or somebody that we say, hey, do you remember when you were doing your Zone 2 training and and having the stories come out and and people support them and say, it's going to be okay, I know it feels, and they'll fill in the blank there because it feels different to everybody. Mm -hmm. I know it's frustrating, I know it's, and whatever adjectives comes into that space, just hang in there. And usually about that six- to eight-week place in, in the about the six week place they come in and they're like oh my gosh i can't do this any longer and i'm you know get them to do it just a little bit longer and about the eight week mark they come in and and they have a, a different perspective hey guess what i went out today and my my heart rate didn't get above this level i had to work really hard to get it to even go up to that zone two space mm-hmm. and did you see my pace yeah and and it's and it's just, it's almost like a little uh, uh switch got flipped mm-hmm. and, and things start to happen when that happens all the magic gets to happen yeah, absolutely. Do you think it's um, – I,
0: I would, I think I know the answer, but do you think it's more mental or physical at that point, the battle
1: probably? Uh, I don't know if it's more of anything, but the mental part is always a big challenge for all of us, right? Okay. Yeah. So the uh, physical training that we're talking about, you know, uh, how long do you run, what intensity do you run, that's the easy part. Yeah. That's the easy part. You know, it's having somebody come in and simply follow a training plan, or buy one offline, or get a free one offline. Mm-hmm. That's the easy part. You know, being you know having somebody come up with a system, a schedule of of how to increase intensity, duration. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Being able to have the, the mental approach, be able to you know be disciplined enough to follow it the right way, to stay in the right zones, to do the right pieces, to read your body and say hey, I know I'm supposed to do X today, but I just don't feel whatever it is. I feel mm-hmm. tired. I feel this discomfort. Something's tighter than normal. And be able to deviate from it for a good reason. Mm-hmm. You're reading your body, and your body's saying, hey, you need a break. Yeah. Most of us look at it and go, oh, I'm tired. I'm not that tired. Let me get through. And when you do that repeatedly over and over again, that's a recipe for having an injury. I got you. Okay. So there's not a generic formula to follow, really. I'm sure there's some out
0: there. It's just yeah. not here at PXP Endurance. I got you. So with the um, heart rate training, I guess, um,
1: you want to explain that to people? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have enough time to really yeah. explain it. But you know, you've got to get that aerobic base set. Yeah. Your engine has to be able to work at a certain intensity. And when I'm talking about the engine, I'm talking about your heart and lungs. Mm-hmm. That, that that fitness place you've got to be able to have a a heart rate that can sustain pumping enough blood to circulate the oxygen to your muscles. And when your heart rate is really high, it's pumping really fast and because your system's not as efficient, you know, whether that's you're not getting enough oxygen in your lungs or whether you're not transporting enough oxygen or it's not being absorbed into the muscles and into the tissues well enough. Whatever that culprit is, you've got to get all that working well once that system's under control your heart rate can drop because you don't need to circulate as much blood because your body is absorbing that the oxygen that it needs for that same intensity okay gotcha and so with that i want
0: to go into what we put on the newsletter with um you know if we're running if people are running 10 miles per day training for a marathon right good for them yeah <laughs> so i guess Based on that, like, if I'm doing, because I've heard of people doing this, just talking amongst runners, you know, if I'm doing 70 miles in a week, mm-hmm. right, to train for a marathon, why, why
1: not, so, I guess, is my question uh, for you. I mean, it's, it's, some people thrive on that volume. Mm-hmm. They thrive on that opportunity. Let's do some quick math, right? If we're running 70 miles a week, that means seven days, yeah. we're running at least 10 miles. Mm-hmm. Now, for a week... Two weeks, a month, three months, you do that for a sustained period of time, you're going to break down. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, okay, Paul, we're going to throw some rest days in there. Okay, so let's run six days and have the seventh day as complete rest. Okay, yeah. that means we're running closer to 12 miles a day. Mm-hmm. Okay, same concept. But Paul, I'm going to have a recovery run in there. So yeah. I'm going to have, you know, two or three 15 mile runs. And then I'm gonna have some smaller distance. They're just recoveries. I'm only gonna run a five K or five miles. I'm gonna argue that there's no such thing as a recovery run. If you're running, you're running. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're running slower, your mechanics have most likely changed, which means you're bouncing. You're, you're got a bigger vertical oscillation. That's more stressful in your body than actually running well. Okay. So the, the volume, some people can tolerate it. Some people have got a history where they've built up their stamina, their consistency, to be able to tolerate 70 miles. Great for them. Mm-hmm. I would question whether there's very many people who can actually do that, sustain that. Mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of people talk about, hey, I'm training for a marathon, and then they talk about how fatigued they are, how sore they are. Um, they go online and they hear the, the marathon fatigue that they're supposed to have, that you know the, the level of discomfort that they're supposed to have, and uh, if you're tough enough, you can do this. And uh, I. It's, i have a different philosophy I, mean, I don't want to say that their way of doing it is wrong or improper it, it, it's not it's, it's, it's working for several people. I would suggest that most people can't tolerate that kind of work mm-hmm. so if I, I've, we've got several that have Boston qualified that have um, some of them, some of those that qualified was, it was their first marathon oh, great okay. for them yeah we've That's got awesome. some that they you know it was their second or third marathon great for them I had one individual who was self-coached, ran a marathon, a great time. It was a 3.30, you know, 3.20-something pace. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Boston qualifying time for him. Um, he had some discomfort, he had some uh, uh, fatigue level that he didn't think was appropriate, and so you know, we started a conversation, and when I first met him, he told me what his marathon time was, and I'm like, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty fast. Right, right. And so, the more we talked, I'm like, okay well i see some low hanging fruit you know let's 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 see so we tuned the engine and you know the next year we did the same uh duration for his training it was a four-month block basically he had a base built going into that mm-hmm. we did 300 miles less than what he did the year before we how many 300 okay 300 miles less than i, I did just wanted them to hear that <laughs> okay. um he, he ran less frequently than he did before I mean, we had him running i think the max i had him running in a week was three times a week mm-hmm. we did some cross training he had some bike and some swimming in there i mean we are i am a triathlon guy so right cross training is important he was doing three days of strength work um i'm not sure how many times the traditional marathoners are like why are you doing all the strength work you can't marathon runners can't have muscle and mm-hmm. I'm, he's telling me what he's hearing from other people. I'm like, well, just hang in there. We can, we can show them those things. Yeah. The, the marathon comes around and he had a almost 20 minute PR. Yeah. Um, he ended up being, you know, just a little over a three hour finisher, Boston qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he started doing all the math and looking back at you know, what he did and, and he starts telling stories about how easy it felt, how he didn't feel the same level of fatigue. He, um, after we do a marathon, I try to get people to take a, at least a week, a couple of weeks down, mm-hmm. um, recover and that kind of stuff. He's chomping at the bed. He wanted to do, um, longer distance triathlons and then yeah. get into that side of the world and so forth. And I'm, I'm pulling his reins about going, no, right. and, you know, I end up pushing him into three weeks of the lighter stuff before uh, if we put any intensity on to things again. And you know, it's, it's that type of story yeah. that once they've gone through it, if, if we would have went to him the when he first started hearing what i was going to do to him and then um without a little bit more history inside that he'd been shaking his head no i i can't do this because i did i only did this time with this volume i need more volume i need more intensity i need and that's what people think it's it's not about more it's about quality
0: yeah absolutely
1: um and that's what i lo- that's what i love about <clears throat> this
0: entire place cuz just outside of here that's what you know kind of my philosophy is on other things at work or you know just life in general you know quality over quantity with that I I love everything you just said with the individual that you use because you know like you said afterwards it was almost easy to do that right now it wasn't easy obviously and there was challenges but it was easier than before Um, and he didn't have that same fatigue um, and got better Um, Went faster, right? And it was already a Mm -hmm. fast individual, which is insane because, in my opinion, it's always hard to get someone that's really fast to be faster, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it's easy to get someone to go from... um, a slow what might be considered a slow pace right to a faster pace mm-hmm. but when you work with someone really fast it's hard to get that individual to go faster which is awesome because you know you said about 20 minutes
1: off that marathon and, and that's one of the traps we fall into right i mean if we look at um, somebody's pace and yeah. then we start comparing mm-hmm. that's the first place if we look at another thing that you know we've got to do on this stuff is is stop the comparison yeah because it's all about you mm-hmm. right you know if, if you know You and I, when we got started, if I'd start telling you stories about somebody prior to you and what they did, you're like, okay, that's cool. But what about me? Yeah. And, and, you know, know, I try to meet everybody where they're at. I don't care what their paces are. I don't care what their intensities are. I don't care what their experience level is. All those things are just details. Yeah. Meet you where you're at. Figure out what's going on, what your efficiency or inefficiency is. Teach you the right methodology, so to speak, Mm -hmm. volume, consistency, you know intensity and and then just let it happen right for sure and then i think uh didn't
0: he do a half iron man like a month later or less or something it it was i think it was five maybe six weeks six weeks okay so which is pretty cool just because you're not supposed to necessarily you know should um, because i i think i've read online that you should after a marathon you should take so much downtime right and whatnot um, but that's pretty awesome.
1: Just hearing and, that story Yeah, and, and recovering and downtime. I mean, that's, I would give with the same argument, right? Right. Everybody looks at that recovery or downtime. And like, Oh my gosh, I got, I can't do anything. Oh my gosh, this is so hard because I'm not doing something. Mm-hmm. And I tell them to rest with intensity, have the same focus in their recovery as that they do in their training. Yep. Uh, be deliberate, be intentional about your training, be deliberate, be intentional about your recovery. Yeah, no, that was,
0: um, just to give insight for me, that was huge when you told, when you told me that, um, just cause, <laughs> well, cause like I took it for me, I took it as a challenge, right? Yeah. Because, because I love challenges. You went
1: what rest?
0: Right. So it's like, um, and I'll try to, t- I tell people that, that talk to me and whatnot. Um, and so, I mean, that, re- that really changed for me because then I was like, okay, well, if he wants me to recover, as much as I train that I'm going to go at this thing all day. Right. So, (laughs) so that's where, you know, I start stretching like crazy. I start doing all these other, other recovery pieces with whether that be cryotherapy and infrared sauna, um, you know, massage guns and, and, the recovery boots that we have here. Right. So that's just where I think, um, yeah. And those
1: things don't need to be done just while you're recovering. They can be done while you're in your training to help Mm-hmm. Maintain your fitness, help make sure things are working the way they need to yeah which which is what I tell people is what
0: I do. I was like, you know I have my sauce <laughs> that mm-hmm. I use from from you right, because I get all my um training from you mm-hmm. and whatnot, and I do that, but I'm like, you know, I do it this way because then if I recover as hard as he wants me to recover, mm-hmm. then I can do more and whatnot, yeah. right uh, <laughs> so that's just where I think it's fun to see that. Um, and you know, very critical from what you said, you know, recover with that same intensity and,
1: and you just sit on something that, you know, I, I don't want to gloss over cause it's really important of what you just said. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to give you guidelines. And yeah. what, if I'm coaching somebody, if I'm working with somebody, I'm not a dictator. I don't mm-hmm. want to tell you what to do and have you be a robot. Right. I want to give you these guidelines. I want to give you this structure. I can't feel what your body feels like. I'm trying to describe what, um, good and bad or you know indifferent things are Mm -hmm. then you've got to make those decisions in that time period of you know should you go out and do this run yeah you're in a run and you know it's scheduled for a a seven mile run Mm -hmm. and at mile four you feel some discomfort that you haven't felt before should you finish no well sometimes maybe Mm -hmm. yeah depending on what it is maybe it's not it's really not anything negative it's something's just not feeling right and you can get through that and be safe it's just one day Mm -hmm. if you've got an intensity to that or it throws off your mechanics definitely don't walk back call uber wherever you're at you know Mm -hmm. got your phone with you you know get a ride back Um, you don't have to finish every run if you've got something going on and i use the term smart jocks you know i I don't want you just being a robot and doing something just because it's on your schedule don't just check the list think about what you're doing you know that's where we go back to the intentionality uh, those pieces and i want you to be able to internalize it apply it to you i want to help teach you how to apply that to you um, when we do that when we have that partnership things work really well
0: yep absolutely i think and you just reminded me of that um just because i've done it a couple times where i found out the hard way if i should um continue to run or not i think we should, that's the real walk of shame i think that should be the real walking shame <laughs> for that because that's like the worst walk in the world when you go out like literally when you go out and mm-hmm. run four miles and you have to walk those miles back
1: it's oh my gosh i dread it so much because i've done it, it, <laughs> it right miserable. because i think I, I would hope that we've all done it because yeah. that means we're making good decisions in, the, in that moment
0: yeah so it teaches you <laughs> It definitely teach especially if you're like me and you don't carry your phone on you mm-hmm. or you don't have the smart watch Um, like enabled or whatnot, because mine doesn't make phone calls and texts for some reason. Um, And I don't carry my phone on me typically either when I run. So it's like, well, this four-mile walk is about to be forever.
1: And and some people are, not I'm going to call it, disciplined enough to do that. They're like, i got to get back. I don't want to be out here all day. I don't want to walk all the way back and take this amount of time. And so they push themselves into that to jog back. Mm -hmm. Even though they're uncomfortable, they're in pain. And that's just making it worse.
0: Yep. No, it's true
1: because I've tried, <laughs> right? Because
0: <I> know. <laughs> on, my, <laughs> on my walk to shame, i be like, well, I got to get back. So I'll start to go again. I'm like, oh, nope, I can't because it just hurts so bad, you know? Yeah. So that's where, that's the walk of shame for me. Um, but you mentioned another piece in there when you um, were talking about the individual that Boston qualified, you said cross-training. Um, and obviously, you know, like you mentioned you do triathlon and I do triathlon. What are, I guess, what do you think about cross training?
1: Yeah. Well, cross training is great, right? Yeah. So going so, will make a point real quick. Mm-hmm. I don't try to convert everybody into triathletes. Yeah. Okay. Um, there are a lot of people who come in who didn't have triathlon as their, their goal and so forth. And, you know, now they are doing, you know, different distance triathlons. Mm-hmm. Um, because they didn't believe they could before. Yeah. Or so, forth. so as we start talking about cross-training, I just want to make sure that everybody understands that I, I don't try to create triathletes just, just because. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not a requirement. The uh, cross-training, however, is very important. You know, if your body does one thing day after day after day, and that's all it sees, it'll adapt to that stress. Mm-hmm. If I'm a, uh, an assembly line worker, and I use my right arm to do the same thing over a period of time, that right arm is going to get damaged in some sort of tendonitis, or some sort of aching and pain and so forth. If that person uses right arm and left arm and they move across the line or they do something different, that's not as likely to happen because they get built in rest, they're using their body differently. same thing with running. If you're just running, you're gonna get some patterns that develop. If you have some cross training, whether that's yoga, whether that's a flexibility and maintenance piece, whether that's strength training, whether that's biking, rowing, Swimming the list is endless. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get your fitness level up because as long as your engine, your heart rate and lungs are working at a certain intensity, it doesn't really matter what the mode is okay now if you want to be a runner, you need to run right you can't you can't do all rowing right get your fitness level up and then go out and run and not expect that to not be perfect. so there needs to be a, a balance in there there needs to be uh, a way to push the fitness level up without creating those asymmetries, without creating those patterns that happen and cross training does a really good job of uh, minimizing those. Okay. What's your favorite form of cross training just for you? Not like as a general for yeah. the public. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I like swimming and biking and strength training. So well, for yeah. me that just, that just fits in. If I'm going to pick one of those, I, I like cycling better than, than swimming. Okay. Uh, mainly because I'm better at it and that's what yeah. we all do, right? the activities that we like are usually the ones that we're better at. Yeah. And I mean, if we're, if, and I'm going to give people something else to grab onto. If, if there's something in the strength arena that you don't like, maybe it's that plank. Yeah. Maybe it's getting those lower abs to fire. Maybe it's that balance work. Maybe whatever it is, it usually means that you're not very good at it. Mm-hmm. And those are the places that I would tell you to pay your attention. Uh, for example, if you, when you go stretching If if you go to grab uh, every time you go stretching, you do the same three stretches right away. You're already really good at those. Yeah. Pick something different. Pick the ones that you don't like. Pick the ones that you're not good at. Um. Okay. Good.
0: Well. Going on from there, I guess. um, Do you have anything you want to go over with the um, training philosophies and
1: whatnot? Yeah, I think you know. In general, you know, I think if you're looking at your event that you're training for Mm -hmm. there needs to be some sort of um, reason for the distances the volume and the intensity that you're doing right Mm -hmm. so if i'm training for a 5k yeah if i'm training for a 5k um my 5k i'm going to go out and run it in about 23 minutes Mm -hmm. okay so my performance duration is going to be it's called 25 minutes just for easy easier math okay so what should be my longest run if I'm only going to run 25 minutes on a performance day? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of different formulas out there and so forth. Mine would be, I just need to double that. Mm-hmm. So I would use an hour. And so, you know, I, I, cause I would want to push that limit a little bit. Okay. So my long run and my aerobic run, I'd want to be able to do an hour run of some sort, whatever intensity to be able to have enough um, aerobic capacity to perform for a 5k it would grow the longer the performance is right Mm -hmm. so if i'm doing a 10k i'm I'm not going to run two hours Mm -hmm. right that would that would be too high on that but i might want to be able to run an hour 15 an hour 30 depending on what that long run is and that's not every week that would be a build up over a period of time to be able to get to that space i'd want to spend a lot more time about half that distance um of more power stuff, you know, once we get into the pieces. So for example, if I'm going to um, be jogging or doing an aerobic run and my aerobic pace with my heart rate in a certain area is nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's what I do my hour in. Yeah. Okay. The in more intense stuff, I might be running at eight So I might be running at eight minutes. I might be running a little faster. I'd love to be running a little faster <laughs> for shorter distances. So maybe I'm doing mile repeats. Maybe I'm doing two mile repeats. Maybe I'm doing whatever that space is to work on my leg turnover to work on that anaerobic system. Um, maybe I'm doing speed work, Mm -hmm. you know, 100s, 200s, 400s, all the way up to 800s for a 10 K or a 5 K. My speed work for a half marathon or a marathon, I'm not going to do as much 400 repeats. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do more mile repeats, you know, you know, two mile repeats. If I'm doing marathons, I'm going to do more 5k repeats, mm-hmm. right? You know, you know, that smaller, um, duration that we're looking at somebody's goal, that becomes now a repeatable place. The longer the uh, distance is. Gotcha. I'm, I'm not one that buys into if I'm running a marathon that I need to get myself into the 50 to 70 to hundred mile weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, as we've talked earlier, just about sustainability. Right. And, and I, I really wouldn't, if I'm right. running a 10K, get into much more than a, a six, seven, maybe an eight mile long run. Mm-hmm. And that would be my long run, and I'd right. be building up to that space. And so everything's relative on that. And as you get into the tri world and you start looking at that, now you've got, you know, uh, Olympic distance, you're looking at a, a two and a half to three hour duration, so you've got. You know, three sports that you're trying to manage inside of that space and you put bricks together and get into half uh, half iron, full irons. Now you've got everything from five, six, seven-hour half marathons to uh, 10, 11, 12 and longer durations out there. So you've got to get the body prepared to be able to do longer stuff based on what it is. And so if I've got somebody training for a full iron where they've got a marathon at the end of that, yeah. I still don't have them running... High volume stuff because I just gotta get the engine tuned relative to all those pieces. Okay, they might have several hours of activity, but they're not putting in the same pounding. I got you, and that's and that's kind of what I want to ask now is that so
0: if I am doing going off of your five k example, if I am doing a five k, you said you know I might do so say a little over an I might do an hour hour and fifteen running right. But how? That would be the 10k up to an hour 15. It'd be an, an hour. Oh yeah, the five five k is an hour. Yep. Um, how often would I be doing that? Well, that, years would, years? that would be
1: your long run for the week, right? And what? And so I mean, what other runs would I have that week? Uh, I mean, you need to uh, work on the gas, which right. would be that speed work. Mm-hmm. You know, so your your things that are, you know, uh, one two minutes. You know, sometimes it's a little shorter speed work. You know, on a five k, you don't have the same speed work if you're going something that's uh, an hour and a half or longer, right? Um, so you got to get that energy system. you got to get the gas energy system working. You need the kerosene energy system working. And then the oil is what we were just talking about with that long run.
0: Mm-hmm. So am I working
1: that um, gas five days a week then? <laughs> uh, uh, if you are, please take one of my rehab cards. I'll see you <laughs> yeah. here in a couple of weeks. Right. Yeah, and, and no, the answer is no. Okay. Um, if you're doing that high-intensity stuff, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, depending on your experience level. Mm-hmm. The kerosene system you can hit that once a week okay because it's not quite as intense and you can hit the long run once a week and and that's where if i'm training somebody on their runs you know two to three runs a week is what what we use now as most of you heard that some of some of uh, other individuals are gonna go they just stopped listening yeah because they heard two runs a week yeah, i, I can't mm-hmm. i can't increase my performance on two runs a week um it's not the only fitness thing that you're doing. That's where the other cross training comes in. That's where the other pieces happen. You're just not destroying your body right? You know, as much. Yeah, but no, and I, just,
0: that's why I just wanted them to hear that again just because I think it's very important for people to hear it, especially when, because so, I've had people come up to me and ask me, you know, how do I get faster? You know, what are you doing, right? And I'm like, well, I'm only doing this and this. Um, they're like, what? I'm running every day.
1: I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I see that a lot of people that have started to plateau. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's usually the first thing I can, I can almost tell you verbatim what our conversation going to be. Mm-hmm. I start asking them what, what they've been doing. They're like, well, I'm running and I'm really working hard and I'm doing right. this consistently. I'm running five days a week. I'm running six days a week. I'm running seven days a week and I just can't get any faster. Mm-hmm. And then when I can really get them to look inside and talk about how tired they are, what their fatigue level is like it's really high and they don't have enough recovery and they just can't work. Right.
0: No. Yeah. And I just, once again, I just wanted people to hear that, that they don't have to hurt and they don't have to do so much to accomplish whatever it is they want to
1: accomplish. Right. right? So it's counterintuitive. I don't know how many of, of you all, when I first start talking to you, you give me the look and you're, you're looking at me with those eyes and then you're kind of going, okay, well he's supposed to know what he's talking about. Well, I know there's other people who have done successful things. I don't think that's going to work for me. And then I've, I've been fortunate where uh, many of you have just continued and and had faith and listened to it. And then you get into it and we get to that event. You do what you do. Yeah. You you smile when you cross that finish line and then you look back and you're like, wow, I didn't realize how much I was. And and all the words come in there, whether it's, I don't like to use the word overtraining because you know, it's, it's a, it's a misused word. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I didn't have to work so hard. I didn't need right. to be as tired as what I was. I didn't need to have all my focus in this area and it's counterintuitive to do less and go faster,
0: mm-hmm. which I mean, which is just so nice. Just coming from my perspective, it's, you know, super nice to not have to run every day, honestly. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, well, some
1: people love to run. Every well, day. I know. But, and I
0: know some people do. And that's, and that's great, but it's not my thing. Right. Yeah. So like coming in, you know, i would have thought to train for a half ironman or even a half marathon because i've done a couple of those now that i was going to be running all the time right and to not have to do that i mean well most
1: of the training plans out there yeah most of the training plans out there have you running five to seven days a week and a rest day here and a rest day there and they'll talk about cross training and right that's what it's, it's worked for several
0: yeah, and that's and that's what I was doing. You know, like I said before, I came in, I was running every other day for sure, and every other day when I shouldn't have been, right, with my knees being the way they were, and right. so I was just doing too
1: much. But um, you get on all that, yeah. I so I just want I just want to make sure that I you know, summarize that really well. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that people shouldn't run more than two or three times a week, right? Some people who have built up the consistency, who aren't hurting, who have good mechanics enjoy that mm-hmm. and it great have a you know, do what you enjoy and so forth but if you've got the aches and plans you're hitting that plateau there are other ways to go about it and one of the misperceptions out there is that you've got to just go harder yeah you got to hit that wall harder you're not training hard enough you're not intense enough you're not tough enough and that's usually not the case yeah awesome Cool. i think
0: we've given the people enough um, of the meat uh, i want to get into the dessert. Um, the fun stuff. It's um, Halloween. Will you bring some candy. No, no, I've had too much. My what was nice was my apartment complex. They like they put candy inside of our like stairway cases, and you could have. All- I was like, oh no, because <laughs> like literally, dude, it was this huge like table of candy, and it said, you know, grab a bag and fill up a bag if you want to. And I was like, I'm going to take this whole thing. <laughs> so. No, I'm good on the candy, but Ironman Florida is this weekend.
1: It is um, it for is.
0: you um, yeah. and others that are joining. Yeah.
1: and so when people hear this, it'll be the. It's already happened. Yep, it's already happened. Yeah, well, we've got several individuals running Monumental this weekend, uh, you know, trying to qualify for Boston. We've got some half marathoners. We've got some uh, shorter distances running. We've got individuals going down to Disney uh, and running that series: the five k, ten k, and the half half marathon. Oh, is that this weekend? It's this weekend okay. as well. Um, we've got several of us going down to Ironman, Florida. Yep. Um, there's a couple of us that this is our second in the last six weeks, and so as we talk about recovery and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, um, you know, being able to do two large events, you know, a month and a half apart. I mean, it's uh, just blessed to be able to do those sort of things. Yeah. And you know, some of it is you know, a lot of hard work in the mm-hmm. training to to have a fitness level there. Some of it is really hard work of uh, not. Doing the training so your body can recover. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing the, the boring stuff with the flexibility and the, yeah. the strength work to uh, have a body that can sustain those pieces. The emphasis on uh, boring. Yeah, I'm, I'm not 26 anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me yeah, me neither.
0: Me uh, neither. So what I want to ask from that is, do you have a favorite pre-race meal? Um, no. no, I, no I enjoy. It. I, I no,
1: because I'm all over the place. I, I yeah, I like food. Yeah, me too. So my pre-race routine Mm -hmm. is that I will have a a very nice meal the night before, and usually it's early, and so I I get teased a lot. I'm I'm in that AARP age group, and so I'll have an early dinner the night before, you know, at 4 or 5 o'clock just to get – calories in so I get settled and so forth. I really love chicken. I really love seafood. I really love pasta. I really love steak. I love potatoes. I love keep Mm -hmm. the list going on and on and on. And so um, when we get down there, um, the choice would have been made by, oh, I see that one. I see that restaurant. I see this restaurant. We're looking at reviews. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to find something that catches our eye. I don't have a specific... Meal that I, I have to have, or otherwise okay. my race isn't going to go well. Yeah, um, it's the timing for me.
0: Okay, so. well, good. Well, I like that. I like <coughs> coming from the twenty-six-year-old. I do like having my dinner at like the same time you do. So, um, well, you are getting older. You are yeah. getting older. That's true. That's true. Almost twenty-seven. Um, <laughs> have you had? Have you had a favorite one though, or no a favorite meal? Yeah, like you know, one that just stands out from the rest.
1: Where you are like, "Man, that was super good." Before this race. Yeah. any of them um no not really yeah, i, okay. I more, more of them come from the experience of of the the venue yeah. right mm-hmm. um you know, like i said they're all about the same time it's it's the people that you know we have dinner with so there's uh, several races where we'd have um, a lot of us doing them together yeah. and so share that camaraderie those are what stands out more so than the food for me okay and that's you know i may be different than most and a lot of people really enjoy the food and the type of food and they mm-hmm. get into that space of I it mean, for me, the the food is a a, a tool, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's the experience, it's the timing, it's you know you know that preparation side okay. of the world. Okay, I was just wondering, mm-hmm. just curious. Um, Pre
0: race <laughs> song. Do you, have a, do you have a like a song, a song or a
1: video that you have to watch before the race, no matter what. Um, there there have been times um, yeah. that I've had. So, um, in in recent years, it's it's the, the, the Nike video. You know, I've, I've, I'm just I'm drawing a blank on what the, uh, the words are. Um, oh. Like the Serena Williams one? Uh, maybe. It, okay. it's, it's been used in a lot of different places. I mean, okay. cyclists have used it, swimmers have used it, triathletes have used it, and they've kind of put different pictures together with okay. it. Oh, gosh, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm missing the actual title of that, but it's a, it's a motivational song that Nike put out a number of years ago and okay. before my first triathlon happened to find it. And so mm-hmm. that became, you know, for a couple of years, I just had to, you know, uh, welcome to the grind that mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Welcome to the grind. Yeah. And so we had to, we'd have to listen to that and get fired up and you know remember mm-hmm. those early mornings, remember that hard training, yeah. remember why I'm doing it and get pushed into those places. Well, good. Well, I, because I have mine. So I wondered if you had
0: yours. Um, All right. Well, good. Uh, So I have three questions that I want to hit you with um, just to end here. Um, Would you rather be forced to sing along or dance to every song you hear? Oh, my gosh. Um,
1: Both of those terrify me. Yeah. Sing. Sing along. Yeah, I, I, I would be answer. less embarrassed yeah. by my singing
0: than by dancing. Yep. Okay. Good. <laughs> would you rather lose your sight or lose your memories?
1: Oh goodness. Mm-hmm. Um. That's a tough. one. I, it is. I. I, I would. Um, I value my memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I. I have the same answer. Uh,
0: would you rather have a personal maid or a personal chef?
1: I can cook and I hate cleaning, so a maid. Maid. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. All right. Well, good. Well, um, any last message you want to leave the people with before we wrap up here? Uh, everybody, there's a there's a lot of different ways to accomplish your goals, and if you've been in discomfort, pain, or you've been struggling with plateaus and that sort of thing, I'd love to talk to you about. If there's low hanging fruit that you know I can suggest to you, whether you're Training with us or not, I mean, those are just good things to maybe chat with one of the members, one of the individuals, and and see if they've got some experience, wisdom they can share with you. I'd love to talk to you about those pieces as well. Um, There is not one way to to answer those questions. And it takes a lot of work. Awesome. Cool. Well, um, just to end here,
0: you know, so the second episode of the podcast right so that's exciting We're on number this, two right and this is this is kind of like the first one because the first one is just an intro so it's like you know whatever this is where we get into stuff so um but just to everyone out there you can find the podcast on apple Podcasts. um it's officially out it's officially out on spotify and then if you want to listen and or watch um you can go to our youtube the pxp endurance youtube channel um, and find it on there and, you know, share this with a fellow runner, right? Um, we talked a lot about running, um, today. If you share it to a friend, um, share to your Instagram, we'll repost you, um, share to your Facebook, you know, all that stuff. So if you think someone could gain, um, from this podcast, you know, share it. We'd love to, um, spread the word on not being hurt and running, right? (laughs) Um, It doesn't have to hurt. Right. So, and then leave your comments, you know, um, on anything on the podcast that we post. Um, You can leave your reviews in the comments Um, on Apple, I know, on Spotify, same thing. Uh, We post the clips on our social media page um, for PXP Endurance. Um, So, leave the comments on there and please ask questions as well Mm -hmm. um, because we really do want to turn your questions into this podcast. Um, essentially, and where you know, I'll feed the questions to Paul when we get them um, and have your questions answered, right? So, whatever questions you have, um, please ask them. You can ask them um, right below in the comments if you want to. If you want to directly message PXP Endurance, um, we'll see them on there um, and then get them answered for you on here, or you, they might get answered on social media themselves as well, right? right um, and then, or you can send them to PXP Media at gmail.com. Um, You can send them there. Um, But, yes, leave your reviews, leave your ratings, um, and share with a friend. So we hope you enjoy it, and that's all for today. See you, everybody.